This is a Legacy of Laughs comedy from the golden age of radio, brought to you by RelicRadio.com. Margaret McBride, kiddies. The Fred Allen Show, with Fred's guests Monty Woolley, Portland Hopper, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, the DeMarco sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And if you ever want to look me up in the phone book, girls, my name is Kenny Delmar. Ladies and gentlemen, the new American magazine is on the stands. It contains the life story of Fred Allen. Millions of readers are saying, who is Fred Allen? There is only one answer to this Fred Allen question, and here it is. Fred Allen. Thank you, and good evening. Uh, This is Fred Allen, in case there is any doubt, ladies and gentlemen, in case the name didn't come up earlier in the program. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Say, tell me, Kenny, did you uh, did you happen to read the story of my life in the American magazine? No, Fred. Uh, what is it? One of those rags to riches yarns? No, it's from rags to rags, Kenny. <laughs> I hold my own in the story. <laughs> you know, I was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, that must have been a long time ago. Yes, Kenny. There was no bird life in Cambridge in those days. The stork used to bring his bundles only as far as Boston, and the American Express delivered the babies the rest of the way. <laughs> you were born in a small town. Cambridge was so small, when the Siamese twins stood on the main street, one of the twins was out of town, Kenny. <laughs> Cambridge was so far back in the woods those days, the mayor was an owl. He used to molt every two years and get back in the office again. Well, what happened when you got older, Fred? Well, when I was 15, my voice changed and I joined the church choir. You were a choir boy? Yes, Kenny. The first Sunday I sang in church, 200 people changed their religion. <laughs> I started singing one of... Well, Portland. Yeah, just... <laughs> You're just in time, Portland. It's time to strike out for Alan's Alley. Oh, have you a question for tonight? Ah, you bet. You know, this past week, a Senate subcommittee published a list of new inventions, aluminum and glass clothing, and electrical gadgets that will greatly influence our post-war lives. And so our question tonight is, how do you think these new scientific developments are going to affect you? Shall we go? As one anchor said to the other anchor, let's away. Well, here we are back in Allen's Alley, Portland. Say, I wonder if the senator had to run for re-election last week. Let's see. Somebody, I say, somebody knock. Yeah, yeah vote yes. for Claghorn. Senator Claghorn, that is. Now, wait a I know. <laughs> they keep going over your head. Well, I know that. I don't yeah, if you're listening, you shouldn't be laughing. Well, I'm doing it. <laughs> Now, look, are you through, Senator, temporarily? Yeah, yeah. Can I yeah, have the Yes, yeah. <laughs> Look, Senator, 
Are you upset about these new post-war inventions? Well, there's only one thing that's got me worried, son. What's that? Them new aluminum suits for men. Aluminum suits? If they, I say, if they take all of America's kitchen utensils to make aluminum suits... Yes? The taxpayer will be caught with his pants down. <laughs> so long. So long, that so is. Long, so long. Hey, give me the elbow. the senator shouldn't worry about aluminum. He should worry about getting the lead out. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if Titus Moody is in tonight. Howdy, Bob. Well, <laughs> well, well, Mr. Moody, have you tried any of these post-war ideas? Yeah. I started feeding my sheep ionized yeast. Feeding your sheep ironized yeast? I was trying to grow steel wool. Uh. <laughs> well, tell me, how did your experiment work out? Not so good, Bob. No? Yesterday it rained. Yes? Today I got 500 rusty sheep. <laughs> I've never heard of rust taking it on the land, but I guess you have. <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody, have you had any other trouble with these new gadgets? Yeah, my automatic milking machine kicked up. How? I had the machine hooked onto my cow, milking. Yeah? I went to bed and forgot to turn it off. You left the milking machine running all night? Well, what happened? Milked the cow inside out. <laughs> didn't, it, didn't it ruin the cow? No, she's still giving milk. Yes. But the cream is on the bottom. <laughs> I should have asked Mr. Moody to do a few curd tricks while he was here. <laughs> well, let's try this next house here. No. Ah, oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. You were expecting maybe Lauren Bagel? <laughs> Tell me, uh... <laughs> Tell me, uh, Mrs. Nussbaum, are you in favor of these inventions to improve modern living? Forward with science. This is by me a slogan. Forward with science. <laughs> Have you tried any of these new uh, household gadgets? Match. Match. <laughs> I am buying a magic Davenport. What is a magic Davenport? First, it is only a Davenport. Where does the magic come in? You are pushing a button. Presto, the Davenport is hiding in the wall. Oh, good, good. You're pushing another button. Changeo, the Davenport is coming out of the wall of bed. Say, that is magic. Magic, tragic, it is making me a widow. What, uh, what happened? My husband, Pierre, is sitting at the Davenport. Yeah? <laughs> Presto, the Davenport is hiding in the wall. Yes? Changeo, it is staying there. <laughs> Your, your husband, Pierre, is trapped in the wall? For four days already. And is, P is Pierre still alive? We are feeding him through the wall on that hole. <laughs> well, what is Pierre eating? Frankfurt is one at a time. <laughs> well, after this experience, I guess you uh, didn't buy any other new items. Only one. Which one? We are making shoes from soybeans. I'm buying two pairs. Oh, you like your soybean shoes? The ketchup, they are delicious. Right. Thank you. Yeah. 
That brings us to the last shack in the alley. A knock here should certainly start something. Oh, it's you, Saggy Eyes. Well, McGee and McGee. Now, something tells me you boys have a new song for tonight. Have you heard? When it's tulip time in Toledo, Tallulah, I'll have tulip waiting for you. Now, wait a minute. Look, look, folks. Look, tonight we are discussing, just discussing post-war innovation. Great. We got a song about these new glass suits. Glass suits? Yeah. I'll be seeing you in all the open air. Thank you, McGee and McGee. Not true, that's what you think. And now for some singing. <laughs> now for some singing that's worthwhile, ladies and gentlemen. The five DeMarco sisters, accompanied by Maestro Al Goodman and his music pupils. The DeMarco sing Paper Moon. <laughs> Goodman and his eight bars is a concerto orchestra, have just played That's For Me. Mr. Goodman has more unfinished symphonies on hand than Schubert ever dreamed of. <laughs> Say, Portland. Yes? Tell, is there a copy of today's paper around? If you want to know the latest news, Edgar Bergen just got married. No kidding. Charlie McCarthy has a stepmother, hey? Why, that little fugitive from a sawmill that serves him right. I hate to be a ventriloquist wife. What? If a ventriloquist talks in his sleep at night... You mean if he throws his voice? Yes. His wife has to get out of bed and go downstairs to hear what he's saying. Oh, it's too much trouble. I wouldn't even bother with it. <laughs> interesting. But look, uh, you could see the script before he went to sleep. You would know. <laughs> look, Portland. <laughs> I'm not interested in Charlie. I just want to look at the want ads. I have to find someone who wants to sell a radio. Isn't your radio working? No, a friend of mine who lives in Jersey went home the other night and took the tube. Oh, here's the... Here's the paper. I wish he took that gag with him, too. 
Oh, here's the here's the paper on this chair. Let's uh, let us look at these want ads here. Uh-huh. Oh, here's one. We'll exchange swords and eight medals for good alibi. Signed, General Yamashita. <laughs> he can use a good alibi at the moment. Say, here's something. About a radio? What does it say? We'll give my portable radio to anyone strong enough to carry it away. M.W., Room 40, Jim Hotel. Jim, you know that's a little theatrical hotel on 47th Street. I'll see you later, Portland. I'm going over to see M.W., Room 40. Room 38, 39, room 40. Here we are. Yes? Is M.W. in? I'm M.W., Monty Woolley. Well, Mr. Woolley. If you are the exterminator man, there is wildlife rampant in my mattress. <laughs> no, I... If you are the bellboy, I want a clean towel. But I... Look uh... at this towel. It's blacker than a side curtain on a hearse. Now, <laughs> now look, mister... If you are the manager, I want knobs put on these doors. I'm sick of opening doors with a corkscrew. <laughs> But, Monty, I'm Fred Allen. Fred, uh, Fred, what are you doing in this flea bag? <laughs> are you furnishing a dog? <laughs> now, Monty, stop complaining. Every hotel in town is crowded. You're lucky to even get in this little theatrical hotel. Lucky? Well, I'm sharing this room with four acrobats, three midgets, two seals, and a talking hippopotamus. But there's no light in here. How can you read here at night? A fire eater lives in the closet. A fire eater? Yeah, he eats with the door open. But how... I read by the light of the fire eater's dinner. Oh, I see. That clarifies that. To me, at, at least. Well, I'll, uh... I'll see you later, Monty. I'm looking for some chump who put an ad in the paper. He wants to give away his radio set. I am the chump, Fred. Oh, really? Here's my radio set. Get it out of my sight. Monty, you've turned against radio? Well, what is radio? Smiling Irishman, Jingles, L.S., M.F.T., <laughs> and those jokes radio comedians tell about my beard. Oh, you mean when you are on their programs? Yes. Last week, a comedian said... Monty, if I lose my raccoon tail, can I borrow your chin for my radiator cap? <laughs> I remember one comedian said, you look as though you just ate a fuller brush man and his samples are sticking out. <laughs> well, another so-called radio wit said, uh, Monty, your face should be hanging down in front of a Scotsman's kilt. <laughs> radio bar. Now, look, Monty, are you through panning radio? There's one thing more, Brad. Really? Now, those crime programs. What about them? No crime ever goes unsolved in radio. Mr. District Attorney never loses a case. That's right. Your FBI gets its man every week. Well, what kind of a crime program would you like to hear, Monty? Once, I'd like to hear the truth. The truth? The story of a district attorney or police commissioner who has some trouble with a case. Oh, I see. A guy who isn't infallible. Uh-huh. I'd like to be on one of those programs. Say, I think I can fix that for you, Monty. Fred, it'll bring back my faith in radio. I'd like to see what happens to me. Okay, Inspector Woolley, you are on the air. Uh-huh. 
Champion of the people, foe of the underworld, that defender of law and order, Mr. Mobbuster. Thank you, thank you. And what is your thrilling story for tonight, Mr. Mobbuster? Tonight, I will show you how I dealt with the most dangerous criminal I encountered in my 40 years on the force. Who was the most dangerous criminal, Mr. Mobbuster? Charlie the Chicken. <laughs> Charlie the Chicken? Yes. But it all started back in 1936. I was in my office at police headquarters, polishing some brass knuckles with my right-hand man, Mulligan. Out of a clear sky, Mulligan said, Chief, I don't understand it. Toity is in the office, and you ain't caught one criminal yet. <laughs> it's just a slump, Mulligan. Sixty-seven unsolved moiters this week alone, Chief. The streets is jammed with bodies. Has anybody noticed it? <laughs> Some street cleaner stooled on you, Chief. The newspapers is hinting you're a coward. I'll come through, Mulligan. They've got to give me time. Ah, Miss Pitt, my secretary. Here's your fan mail, Chief. One postcard. What does it say? As long as you are in office, our minds are at ease. Good. Who's it from? Moiter Incorporated. <laughs> Chief, you're the laughing stock of the city. You gotta catch a criminal pretty soon. If I can just get one case, I'll show the newspapers. Uh, Miss Finn, turn on my shortwave set. Okay, Chief. Attention, all police. Poultry truck hijacked in Jersey. 2,000 chickens stolen. Charlie the chicken suspected. Charlie the chicken suspected. Attention, all. Jeepers, Chief. Mulligan, that's the case for me. Charlie the chicken's the biggest chicken napper in the country. This case will be a feather in your cap, Chief. Right, Mulligan. Miss Finn. Yes, Chief. Call the newspapers. Tell them I'm bringing in Charlie the Chicken single-handed. Let's go, Mulligan. Okay, Chief. This is mighty exciting, Mr. Mobbuster. What happened next? Well, chickens were disappearing every day. I got a tip that Charlie the Chicken was going to rob the biggest chicken coop in the Bronx. You were prepared? Oh, Mulligan and I hid in the coop. Day and night we sat on two nests. Disguised as chicken. One night as we sat there in the dark, clucking... <laughs> I heard Mulligan speak. Chief, I gotta get off this nest. No kidding, if I... Quiet, Mulligan. Somebody just came in the coop. Okay, Chief. I'll get back on the nest. We better start clucking again. <laughs> Who's clucking? Who's in here? Who's there? <laughs> when shall I flash me searchlight? I thought so. Two chickens with diapers on. I've got to, Charlie the chicken. Coppers, eh? Take this. We can lay the chief on this table, Miss Finn. <laughs> okay, Mulligan. Easy now. Oh. We got you back to the office okay, Chief. No reporters even seen you. What? I can't hear you. No wonder you can't hear, Chief. Jeepers. Charlie the chicken shot off both your ears. <laughs> no ears? Well, what'll I hang my glasses on? Gee, you're a sight, Chief. In that chicken coop three days, pew. <laughs> 
chicken feathers off you. Yeah, I'll comb this mash out of your hair, Chief. Never mind the mash. Get this egg off my chin. My beard looks like an omelet with a point on it. <laughs> Charlie, the chicken got away clean. Yes, but I'm a mess. I'll find Charlie the chicken if it's... I'll get it, Chief. Don't bother getting up. You'll dirty the floor. Hello? Is Mr. Marbuster there? Yeah. This is the FBI. Yeah. Charlie the chicken is going to stick up the Acme Cold Storage plant tonight. Tell Mr. Marbuster to get going. Okay, John Egger. Who was it, Mulligan? The FBI. John Egger, personally. Charlie the chicken is holding up the Acme Cold Storage plant, Chief. And the job is tonight. This time, Mulligan, Charlie the chicken is a dead duck. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Chief. <laughs> You've got us all biting our nails, Mr. Mob Buster. Did you catch Charlie? Not exactly. Miss <laughs> Finn, Mulligan, and I went to the coal storage plant. We were hiding behind three icicles. I heard Mulligan say... Shh, shh, quiet, Chief. Charlie the chicken is in that icebox. Good, good. I've got him trapped. What are you going to do? Yeah, what's your next move, Chief? Mulligan... You and Miss Finn go yeah. back to the office and call the reporters and photographers. But, Chief... I'm bringing in Charlie the Chicken alone. Good luck, Chief. Let's beat it, Miss Finn. Now, I'll open this icebox door. Who opened that door? Come out with your hands up, Charlie the Chicken. Oh, yeah? Take this, copper. Oh! Now, Mr. Mobbuster, I'm locking you in this icebox. Oh, help, help! You can lay the chief on the floor, Mulligan. <laughs> okay, Miss Finn. He's a solid block of ice. I'll put him down over here. Hey, that was a good idea of yours, carrying the chief home with these ice tongs. <laughs> in that ice box. He looks like a human rink. I'll chip away some of this ice and see if the chief is still alive. Chip a hole near his mouth. Okay. As soon as I chip off this little chunk, his mouth will be free. How do you feel, chief? Ooh, like a big popsicle. Get me out of this frozen kimono. A couple of more chops, chief. There you are, chief. Ooh, what an experience. I'm colder than a snowman's clavicle. Hey, Chief, your nose is gone. Charlie, the chicken's a sure shot, Chief. I know, I know. My ears are gone. My nose is shut off. I'm starting to lose face. <laughs> hey, Chief, why don't you call off this manhunt? Hey, Chief, this cold message just came on the teletype. Eureka! The address of Charlie the chicken's hideout. Come on, Mulligan. Okay, Chief. Is this the joint, Chief? Yes. Charlie the Chicken hangs out in this Bowery saloon. Yeah? Let's go in. Hey, you better be careful, Chief. Chief, this joint looks creepy. Hey, bartender, is Charlie around? Look behind you, bud. Clap hands, Chief. Here comes Charlie. <laughs> At last, Charlie, I've got you. Nobody's taking Charlie the chicken alive, copper. Take that! Gosh! What happened then, Mr. Marbuster? Well, Charlie the chip chicken made his final getaway. He disappeared completely. And you? I was removed from office. 
I got out of the charity ward, practically and partially recovered from my wounds. I was out of work for nine years until I got this job on the radio. What became of Charlie? Charlie the chicken sold all his stolen chickens in the black market for a fabulous sum and is now living in Florida under the alias of Gordon the Goose. He has a 50-room mansion with a private beach, three yachts, 12 speedboats, and a private plane. He spends his days at the track and is engaged to a beautiful movie star. And so, Mr. Mobbuster, the moral of this story is... Crime does not pay.
thank Monty Woolley for joining us tonight. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday night, the Fred Allen Show brings you comedy. <laughs> comedy, that is. Drama. Drama. I'm finished, Ronald. I'm at the end of my rope. Cheer up, old girl. Cheer up. I'll wind up your yo-yo again. And our guest will be... Boris Karloff. Boo. <laughs> Good night. Allen will be back again next week at the same time. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. it for this time, but there's always more old-time radio at relicradio.com. Thousands of episodes of every variety offered for free, thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, please visit donate.relicradio.com or visit the website and click on the donate button for more information. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back soon with another installment of A Legacy of Laughs. Laughs